Hi, I'm Zoe Hunt-Smith, a.k.a. Hulky, professional boxer from South London. And you're listening to the Us People podcast with Savia Rocks. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Us People podcast. I'm your host, Savvy Rocks, and today I'm humbled to have Zoe, who's a professional boxer. Zoe, thank you so much for coming on the Us People podcast. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. Thank you for having me. You're most welcome. So my first question I always ask guests is a little bit about their background, where they come from, where they grew up, you know, the challenges that they faced. But tell me a little bit about where you grew up and what inspired you to get into boxing. Um, I grew up in South London, Malden. Uh, been lived here my whole life, 27 years. Oh, wow. Same house, same 27. So, family household. Lived here my whole life. Um, I got into boxing by an accident, really. An accident. An accident. It was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> it was an accident. I've always been sporty. I've always played tennis, football, anything. I've always been sporty. Yeah. But I. I was mostly interested at a younger age. I was interested in football. I played hey. football at quite a high level. Yeah. Um, uh, Chelsea under 16s. Oh, wow. I was Millwall, Wimbledon. Um, I played at a really high level. And then I started to broaden what other sports I could do. So I yeah. started horse riding. Oh, that's a flip. Yeah, it's a big flip. So in the midst of playing football and doing horse riding, it's like, two completely two opposite ends of the scale yeah and it actually so happens that I ended up falling off a horse and getting Ooh. an injury which stopped me from playing football yeah um I had sciatica I ended up having a slip disc I was bed bound for a good couple of months yeah um I started to gain a load of weight got really down depressed I wasn't leaving the house much I couldn't play any sport that I really wanted to play and then someone invited me to a boxer size class. Yeah. And from then, from the first class I did, I literally fell in love with it. See? I fell in love with it. And as soon as I put the gloves on and as soon as I, I was in, I was like, this is my kind of sport. This is, this is what I was meant to do. Destiny changes itself. Yeah. Definitely. And as well, I feel like I was quite blessed. Because I started quite late in the sport. I didn't start until I was about 19. Yeah. Which is quite late to start. But I also feel like I was blessed to find it at that age to give me some form of structure yeah. of being a, a young adult. So it's definitely, I, I, I fell into it by accident, but it was destiny. Who inspires you to do to do boxing? Um, I mean, I've got a few moments, but majority my family. Yeah. I want to be a role model for my nieces and nephews. I want yeah. my parents to be proud of me. I want people to, people to just look up to me and say, I can do that too. Yeah. Pretty much everyone who watches and supports me is my inspiration. I like that. That makes so much sense. What does fighting mean to you as an individual, especially as a woman? Um, I mean, growing up in South London is not easy. Trust easy. me. Mm. It's not easy. Being the youngest out of three siblings and having an older brother and an older sister, um, I don't say like, I wouldn't say I was I'm made to fight. I'm not, 
wouldn't say I've made the fight. For me, boxing isn't really about the fighting as such. It's more how it's like a game of chess to me. It's very interesting. So you've always got to stay two steps ahead. You've always got to be thinking constantly, concentration, thinking. It's not about the actual fight. It's about f- thinking what's going to come next, what to throw next, yeah. working my way around the ring yeah. and stuff like that. Um, it does mean a lot to me. I think boxing saved me, to be fair. It saved me from, I came out of a dark place, give me something to work towards. Um, so fighting to me, it, it's everything really. I've dedicated my whole, the last seven years to it. I give up a full-time job to literally pursue the dream of becoming a professional boxer and hopefully one day becoming a world champion. I always admire people who decide to leave a nine to five or leave their job to do something that they love because the road is never easy. It's rocky. Trust Definitely. me, I know it. it's rocky. And and you have people say, oh, why did you leave for, you had a good job, but you know in your heart what is right for you and you can't let Definitely. no one manipulate that. So I, I, I will say to you that I admire the fact that you have done that. And Thank that's an you, inspiration. How are your family towards you when it comes to you being a boxer? I mean, <laughs> when I first started, my mum was really quite sceptical. She was, I'm her baby. Yeah, so I my thought mom so. Was, my mum was very sceptical about it. She was like, what if you get hurt? What if this happens? What if and I just said to her, it will be okay. And I'll do my best. I, I train every day. I take the right steps to protect myself, my body. Yeah. So they're, but now my mom's like my biggest fan. My mom, my whole family, my biggest, biggest fans. They could have been more supportive. I'm, I'm very, very grateful. Um, actually, how much they actually help as well. Yeah. Considering, um, like I said, I give up nine to five for it. Yeah. They've helped me so, so much. Yeah. Um, ways I can't even describe. If it wasn't for them, then I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't be. That's true. Where I am today. Which is always nice, yeah. I understand that. How do you feel about being a woman boxer, but also how do you feel about how men are treated in boxing compared to how women are treated in boxing? Has that impacted you in any way? Um, Yeah, definitely. It has impacted me. Um, We, as females, have to fight twice as hard for anything. But especially in such a male-dominated sport, Mm -hmm. it's completely different so so different the pay pay cuts the pay is completely different yeah. what shows you go on like I was scheduled to be on um a show just before lockdown on yeah. channel five and basically it was going to be on channel five it was um a Hennessy show and it was basically they because of the time frame they had on tv they had to drop some of the fights yeah and when I looked at it it was like, whose fight are you going to drop? Are you going to drop a male's fight or a female's fight? Yeah, okay. It's a no-brainer, really. You, yeah. you would drop the female fight. You would. Because although it's growing dramatically on such an increase right now, female boxing, yeah. um, it's still not as... People don't feel like it's as fun or as, as, as popular. It's not as explosive to watch. Why? So, what, what is, why? What is... Um, I don't know. I honestly, for me, I don't. And people who I do speak to, I think it's just equally the same. That's what I was thinking. I mean, if you look at the boxing that we've just had over the 
past couple of weekends. Yeah. Um, the likes of like Terry Harper and Natasha Jonas, Rachel Ball versus Shannon Courtney. Yeah. Great, great fights. Great, great fights. I mean, exciting. There's not. There's been knockdowns. There's there's the blood. There's everything that everyone wants in boxing. Yeah. You have it in both. So I I don't I don't really get why we are treated differently. Um, because you've got some female fighters out there that are ten times better than some male fighters. Yeah, I agree. So it's like I don't get it really. It's, it's like anything. I feel like with male and female, people always feel like sports are dominated by males. They have been for years. I think it's just about breaking barriers. Yeah, um, breaking stereotypes with it. Do you feel like really? it's an ego? Do you feel like it's an ego thing, Zoe? That the male always wants to dominate over the over a, over a sport. Because they feel if a um, woman takes over, then that's their ego gone. I do. I do feel like ego does have a big part to play in it. Um, and it shouldn't. I look at it as if you, if everybody loves to do something, every everybody should be able to come together and do it together. There shouldn't be no categories. There shouldn't be no uh, women, men. I'm a bo- I, I don't call myself a female boxer. I'm a professional boxer. I like that, yeah. I'm I like a professional that. boxer. Yeah. Just like... The next person, just like any other person, I'm a professional boxer. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, but you're a professional female boxer. No, I'm no. just a professional boxer. Yeah. I'm a professional boxer. I do the same profession profession as him, her, them. That's my profession at the end of the day. I like that. No, that makes sense to me. How was it when you went into the ring for the first time and you had an opponent? How was that feeling for you? What was your mental state? Um, I mean... My mental state was great. I had put myself through like um, a meditation type of thing for the for the last eight weeks. I had affirmations yeah. written down on my whiteboard. I'd look at it every day before I leave the house, read it four times, and then I'd leave to go to the gym. I like that. Um, I mentally prepared myself because it is a lot mentally and physically. Yeah. Um, I had to prepare myself to not get distracted by the crowds, the people who come to watch me. And just for them, eight weeks, I had just had to channel one person's voice, which was my coach. Yeah. So going into the fight, my mental state was great. I, it, the adrenaline was there. The adrenaline was great because the ad- adrenaline took, I feel like it took away some of the pressure. I was just ready to go. I was buzzing. Um But it is hard because in during a camp, you have good days and bad days. Yeah. And you've, got to not you've got to try and not let the bad days get to you too much I mean everyone has good days and bad days I feel like uh in the sport the sport's very very hard as it is it's a very lonely sport as well that's a question I was going to ask you as well do you get lonely within the sport definitely it is very like it is a lonely sport it's a lonely it's a lonely sport you ask any boxer and they will say it's a lonely sport no one doesn't wake up with you at 6 a.m to go run five miles no one doesn't sit in their bed with their belly rumbling. It's only you that's got hurt. Like it's 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 true. It's true. It's it's bad, true. Bad, no one's don't see. I think I don't feel like people realize how much hard work it actually is. I feel like people just feel like you go to the gym, put the gloves on, do a couple rounds on the pads, do a couple rounds on the bags, and you're a boxer. No, no. Break it down for me, Zoe. Um, on a normal day, yeah. Uh, normal day, wake up at nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, get to the gym for eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
be in the gym from 11 to about two, come home, have my lunch, chill for about an hour. Then I go for my evening session, which is I run 45 minutes every day Yeah. on the road. Um, I come home, have my dinner, have bath, go to bed the next day. So that will be Monday. Yeah. Tuesday, I'll do the same again. Nine o'clock, wake up, get to the gym for 11. On a Tuesday and a Thursday, I have two sessions a day. Yeah. No, three, sorry. So I'll have boxing, then strength and conditioning, and then my 45-minute road run. I do that, yeah. So I do, I train Monday to Sunday, and Saturday is my only day's rest. Okay. So it's literally round the clock all the time, always on the go. Food's always on the go. Um, Saturday's probably the only day that I really get to myself. And then even then, I'm, I'm doing content for social media, yeah. um, sitting down, just looking through stuff, what's next, making a plan, what I want to do, where I want to go. So it is pretty hectic. It's pretty full on all the time. Um, but do you know what? I wouldn't change it for the world. I wouldn't, wouldn't change it. For I can see that you're passionate about it. So I, I can see the passion. Definitely, definitely, definitely passionate about it. I think... I could talk for, about it for hours. I could talk about it for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, <laughs> honestly. I mean, it's it's just oh, it's such a big part. I get excited talking about it. It's That's a good thing. Definitely. I, I, def, I, I made the right decision. I quit my nine to five and I definitely made the right decision. I don't have no regrets at all. See, that's what I love. I don't have any regrets at all. I'm cool. I might not be earning great money. I might not be the richest, but I can tell you I'm probably one of the happiest people being able to do what I love. How do you know when you found the right coach? Because that's definitely something I want to talk about because you can get any coach at any time mm -hmm. and, and they can say they're a great coach and, and they'll teach you how to box. But how do you yeah. know in your heart that you've got the right coach for you? Um, Definitely. So obviously having an amateur coach and a professional coach, I had that two separate coaches. Yeah. I was with my amateur coach for about six years. Yeah. And as soon as I walked into the gym, said hello, just like I said, just joined part of the class. Um, and I think I knew as soon as I hit the pads with him mm -hmm. and he gave me that look as if to say, you can be something special. And I mean, from then, I just, just energy, the energy was there, the vibe was right. I didn't feel awkward in any way. I didn't feel like I was under any pressure to do, to yeah. do, to do good at that time. Cause I was, I'm, I'm learning. Yeah. Um, and I built a great, great relationship with my amateur coach. I mean, still to this day, I could go and knock on his door. He lives 10 minutes down the road for me. I could go and knock on his door and walk in his house. Like we, we, we have family functions that I get that we invite each other to yeah. things like that um also help down at the amateur club teaching the younger kids teaching the younger generation um and then with my professional coach I had uh Alec I had followed him for about four years prior to that on Facebook just watching his career his fighters and stuff yeah. like that because we had mutual friends and stuff and I knew from he had a world champion, a female world champion, about five years ago yeah. called Areti. And that's when female boxing wasn't big at all. It wasn't popular. It wasn't really heard of. And I followed her career. And I knew from the way he talks about his fighters, 
the way he looks after his fighters, his we're all very family orientated. I knew yeah. from then that that was the type of coach I wanted. I'm a very, very big person. I'm very big on family. Yeah. And I knew that was the type of coach that I wanted. I mean, the first day I walked into the gym, it was it was just banter, giggles. It was good energy. It was good yeah. vibes. I mean, it was great. Um, and we do click, like, we go around his house on a Sunday after yeah. sprint. So we sprint on Sunday morning and then we go to his house and we have Sunday lunch together and stuff like that, like oh. me and the whole team. Yeah, like, it's great. It's so, so great. I mean, I definitely feel like I've found the right coach. I feel like when I go into the gym, I'm at home. I don't feel like um, I've got to go to the gym. That's I'm going like, to yeah. my second home. Yeah, I'm going, like going to my second home. Um, even, like, all the relationship I have with all the other fighters. I'm the only girl in the gym, but it's there's no, there's no, oh, you're a girl in the gym, it's... You're just another boxer. You're a boxer. We, yeah. We push. They push me how I push them. Um. Yeah. So I feel like it's great. My relationship with my coach. I mean, any advice that I'd give to people about finding the coach, I would just say, it's okay to move around gyms. It's okay to try out different coaches, and you'll know when it fits. You yeah. will know when it fits. Definitely, a hundred percent. I believe in that strongly. You'll know when two people click. You just have that energy. It just flows. Everything just flows. That makes sense to me. How do you know, how do you find peace within yourself? Because this is really important, especially within what you do. I know you spoke a little bit about meditation, but how do you truly find peace within yourself? Because you work your body so hard. You take people punching you, you know, so it's true. <laughs> it's, it's true. true. You I, are I physically get, I basically abusing get your body. To get yeah, basically. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not all bad. <laughs> it's not all bad. It's not all bad. There's always a positive in there. But how do you, as an individual, sit down and say to yourself, you know what? I need to find peace within my heart, within my soul, because spiritually, how do you find that? Do you know what? I don't really. F- it's a hard one. I. I feel like I have peace within myself because I am happy doing what I am doing. That plays a big so part. So I feel like it, it, I, that does play yeah. a big part. And I feel like boxing is my peace. Yeah. Like lockdown for me has been, it's been tough. Yeah. It has been very, very tough. Going from doing something that you're so used to every day to not being able to go to the gym at all, I found that very unsettling for my soul. Yeah. Very, how, very how unsettling. How did you work around that? Um, a lot of home workouts. Yeah. Um, but it's not the same. Yeah. Not it's that, not yeah. the same. It's definitely not the same. I mean, it was, it's been hard. And don't get me wrong, I, I haven't, during lockdown, for the first probably month or two of lockdown, I was, I was bang on it. I was, yeah, the training, I'm, I was doing it every day. Yeah. And then it got to like the third month and I was like, the motivation, the lack of motivation is real. I do not know when I'm going to be in the gym next. I don't know when I'm going to fight next. I don't even know if I'm going to fight this year. Wow. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's, it's had a big part to play, but I feel like I find a piece of myself. The boxing is the piece. I like that answer. You don't even need to go anywhere else. Yeah, I don't need to go anywhere. Yeah, the boxing is the peace for me. I'm at home. I sit and I'm watching the boxing. Yeah, That's peace for me. I'm sitting, looking at videos and photos of myself. 
for me, that is peace. The boxing yeah. is the peace. How do you mentally control a match when you're in the ring? <sighs> Tough one. I mean, it's, it is hard. It is very, very hard. Um, but I believe my mindset has a lot to do with it. It's mm-hmm. not about going in there and cool. You are getting punched in the face. You are going to get hit with some shots. And it's all about learning not to get frustrated with it. Yeah. You have to really, really think and channel your thoughts. You, the actual thought, like I said, like I said earlier, it's like a game of chess. Yeah. Um, when I used when I first started training to turn over professional, and I was sparring, I was I used to struggle really bad. I used to get so frustrated because it's something the shots wasn't coming off right, or I was getting caught with silly shots, and I had to learn that. I am learning myself. Yeah. I'm always learning. I'm always going to be learning with this. So I had to kind of take a step back, re- regroup and actually say to myself, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's going to take time. You are going to get better. And at the end of the day, Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah. I said that to someone today too. It's funny Rome you said that. Rome wasn't built in a day. It's funny it's, you said that. Yeah, that is so true. What do you think your greatest achievement is so far? Within the boxing or just in... It can be in life. They can combine. Um, my greatest achievements probably so far was, for me personally, was finding the boxing after dealing with my dad's death. Oh, Wow. Yeah, so I literally, um, I was in a real dark place. My dad passed away four years ago. It'll be four years this month. So he passed away four years ago and I fell into a real dark, dreary place. Um, Fell into depression, anxiety. Um, I was probably at the lowest point I've been in my adult life. Yeah. I was only 20... 20, 23 when he passed. So um, I was in a really dark place. I didn't really see a light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. And then I feel like one day it just hit me. I literally looked, I stared down at my hands, turned my hands over. And I said to myself, if this is the last time I'm going to try this has to be everything and that was when I decided I'm gonna give up everything I'm gonna turn professional and I'm gonna ride out each day until I get to where I want to be and for me overcoming the depression and the anxiety and coming out of that dark place is probably my greatest achievement because I at one point I didn't think there was no way out and the boxing saved me sometimes do you feel that when someone passes away they guide you to what your destiny is. Yeah, definitely. I definitely do think, definitely, definitely do think. Because I was having, towards the end, I was having very vivid dreams. Yeah. I was having very, very vivid dreams. And my dad would always be somewhere in that dream. Yeah. And um, it was only until when my dad passed that I actually found out when he was a kid, he was actually, he used to do boxing. See, ah, uh, see. 
There's a reason and for I didn't, everything. I didn't know that. I didn't have a clue that my dad used to do boxing because I didn't really have a great relationship with my father, but we had a relationship. So there was bits that I had missed out. Yeah. But, and then when I found that out, it was like the dreams were becoming more apparent. Everything was coming more vivid. And I literally just woke up one day, looked at my hands and I was like, that's it. It's go time. See? What are the changes? What are the, what are the dangers within boxing? Because I'm sure they've told you before and after when you go in and, have, and you have a fight with someone. What are the dangers within boxes, boxing and how can you explain that to anybody who wants to be a boxer? I mean, it's probably, it's a, it's a, it is a dangerous sport. Whatever way you look at it, it's a dangerous sport. Mm. Um, there have been a few deaths in the ring. Touch wood, that doesn't happen to anybody. I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. Yeah. But again, before, and I feel like a lot of people, the risks are high. You could get you could get brain damage, uh, damaged eyes, broken bones, liver rupture, rupture your liver. Yeah, it depends. If you take enough blows over the over time, yeah, it does have an effect on you. It does. It does have a bit. Um, me, I, I don't know. I, when I first got into, it, I was a bit scared. I was a bit worried. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like. If I worry about that, that then holds me back. Yes, I'll I fail. don't want to have that in subconsciously because people don't realise your subconscious is a very real place. It, it will hold you back. And for me, I had to deal with it. And be, This is what I want to do. If this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen. If this is the risk that I'm going to take, I'm going to take that risk Yeah. in pursuing my dream. And I feel like, you take a risk in anything you do in life, really. There's always sure risk. There's risk of walking to the shop. There's risks yep. of going to work on a normal day. Even for me, more so, yeah. Even more, for me, I am going to work. There is risks, but I'm willing to take those risks to, to get to where I want to be. Yeah, most definitely. I wouldn't let, yeah, I wouldn't let it um, dishearten you or put you off. Never. I mean... I've had broken noses. I've had broken fingers. Do you know what I mean? I've just recently, I tore, torn the ligaments in my thumb. So yeah, it's just a partial tear, but we're yeah. on the men's. So it's just, it's like anything you do in life. Accidents can happen. Yeah. No, that's true. What's the positive aspect? I can't even say it now. <laughs> what are the positive aspects of being a boxer for you? Um, the positive for me, the positive aspects of it is it's good. It's good for my mental health. Yeah, I like that. It's it's good for my body. Mm-hmm. Uh, I inspire people. Yeah, I inspire people, and I I could. It's not me being big headed or anything like that. No, she being can, honest. If I can inspire just one person, just one person, I'm happy. If I can t- make someone turn around and be like, this is what I want to do, then I'm happy. If I can have someone come to me and say, do you know what, Zoe? I've just been looking on your Instagram or your socials. You've really inspired me. That would make me happy. Yeah. That's the happy aspects of it. Um, I'm surrounded. I've met a lot of great people through it. Yeah. I've, I've I found a whole another family kind of thing yeah. of my boxing family. Um 
I don't have no, I don't, I don't really have a bad word to say about it. It brings me so much joy, brings me so much happiness that I, I, I don't even want to think about retiring. <laughs> yeah, I was going to talk about that part too, because when I speak to the guys about boxing, the average age they gave me was 40. Mm-hmm. for them as individuals and then after that we had a conversation about um i was speaking to ashley on the podcast mm-hmm. and and we were talking yep. about um some guys retire at 40 and i think he's going to be 40 this year or maybe next year and then sometimes when a boxer finishes their career they don't exactly know what they want to do afterwards most of them set up maybe a a, a training place where people can go and get trained kids they can go and get trained but for you as an individual what would you say about age what age would you retire I know you don't want to retire <laughs> and if you were like 99 I just see Zori in the ring still going <laughs> <laughs> if only if only I mean hey, I mean just, yeah most female world champions are in their like mid-30s yeah. Or they peak, most female boxers peak in their mid-30s, 30, yeah. 32, around that sort of age. Yeah. I mean, I'm only 27 now. I think I've, I've turned over at a right time because if there is, say I go, I box again for another two years and then yeah. I want to go and have a family, I can still have time to go back to it. Okay. Um, I mean, I'll retire when my body tells me to retire. That's how Fair. I get it. When my body tells me to retire, that's when I retire. I don't have, I don't, I'm not one of those people that likes to speak things into, oh yeah, I'm going to get to 35 and retire. No, I'll retire when my body tells me to retire. I'll retire when I possibly, maybe I'll retire when I've accomplished what I want to accomplish. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. For me, I haven't really, I'm not going to lie, I haven't really thought that far about, about it. Because I feel like it is a long way off. Um, and you are right. When a lot of boxers do retire, they don't know what they're going to do and they don't know what to do next. Yeah. Because you're, you go from your life revolving around being in the gym, boxing every day, to I've got so much time on my hands. What do I do? Yeah. I mean, if I was going to say and I had a plan, I would probably say that I'd probably, over the years, I would. I was thinking uh, about property maybe property investment I mean that's, that's one. one thing that I'm yeah. interested in assets 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 are important in life I feel like um and I don't really feel like a lot of people my age realize that that's very true yeah um they're more about now 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 and now 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 I want this now now it's not about that I've been I, I ideally I would like to open a gym mm-hmm. in the community um especially for young girls because I feel like uh especially this generation young girls is there's so much going on in the world right now and I feel like girls aren't there isn't enough role models role models for young girls and places for young girls to actually be comfortable in doing sport because it is sport is a male dominated thing there isn't enough safe places for girls yeah. young girls to go yeah. and feel comfortable and wanting to achieve and as well I'd, girls have to work twice as hard always girls have to work twice as hard in sport and like eventually I would like to maybe do some seminars just 
or go to schools and talk to young young people in schools about what they want to do and achieve in life and say to them anything is possible when you put your mind to it no matter who tells you what yeah um so for me I, like I said I don't really have a retirement plan but there are things that I want to do and there are things that I don't have a an actual plan b of what I'm gonna do when I'm finished but I have ideas sometimes I feel that it's better not to have a plan b you just do it definitely that's why I'm not set on actually having an actual structured plan I've got ideas of what could be and what I would like and like I always say if it's meant to be it will be yeah what are you most proud that you stand for um most proud do you know what in the recent months in the recent time Mm -hmm. for me to be a young successful black female for me at the moment and being a black female but also being a part of the lgbtq community yeah i feel like is a big thing as well i mean if i can help anybody or inspire anybody that is who i'm gonna aim to inspire my brothers and sisters another one huh If you could choose one quote, and this is most probably my best, well, one of my, this is the question I love asking everyone Mm -hmm. on the podcast. So it never changes. It always stays the same because I love the outcome. Mm -hmm. If you could choose one quote that represents you as an individual or a person, what quote would you choose and why would you choose that particular quote? Um, The particular quote, and I actually have it tattooed on me. Seriously? Yeah, I got it tattooed on my chest. Um, it's ambition is priceless. Oh, you do as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <My> whole chest. <laughs> ambition is priceless. Why? Why that quote? Because for me, it says a lot about me as a person. I'm very ambitious. There's no nothing stopping you from being ambitious. And once you have that ambitious mindset, the goals are endless. Yeah. That's, in, that's a good one. In any aspect. The goals are endless. As soon as you have that mindset, the goals are endless. You know what? I don't have many people who know what quote to say, but you came out of it straight away. Yeah, because I live by it. I live by it. Ambition is priceless. See? I live by it. What makes you different from other boxers? What makes you shine? What makes you stand out? I feel like I'm a very honest boxer. Yeah. I'm a very honest and I'm outspoken and I'm very real when it comes to it. If you ask me a question on somebody, I'd give my honest. I wouldn't beat around the bush and be like, oh, well, they're okay, but it's... No, if I don't like you, I don't like you. I'll tell you that I don't like you. (laughs) Like, it's that that real. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm not going to paint a nice picture for you. If I don't like you, I don't like you. It's that simple. I don't... I'm not really bothered what people think of me. Yeah. You like me or you don't. It's very simple. You guys are not there when I'm in the gym. So if you don't like me, that's not a problem. Sure. You guys are not there when I'm starving myself in bed. You guys are not there when I'm waking up at six o'clock in the morning to go run five miles. You lot are not there when I'm getting punched in the face. That's all me. Yeah. That's all on me. Um, and probably my walkout song is probably what makes me stand out. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this, yeah, I love asking everyone about their walkout song. Yeah. <laughs> Any boxer. That comes on the podcast. I need, what's your what's your walkout song? Mine would be Soka, but what would? You... 
My, do you know what mine is? God. General Levy, incredible. Are you serious? I swear to God. <laughs> That's a good song as well. I remember when I was younger, there was like a gang of us who used to um, dance to that song all the time in talent shows. Yeah. It's and I used to be the little song, DJ. Man. <laughs> I that haven't heard that just... in years. Yeah, that's my walkout tune. And everybody was so shocked and it coming like, what? Like, yeah, like this is my tune. It does something to me. And when I, it's like, when I'm on like the last 10 minutes of my run and I feel like I'm struggling, yeah. bang that on in my headphones and it's just like, <laughs> it, the energy that it gives me is crazy. Is so crazy. <laughs> I can imagine you just putting it on and just seeing Superman. Just <laughs> I'll be like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I, turn, I turn into Usain Bolt when that comes on, honestly. <laughs> yeah, That's like the energy one. it just gives me is crazy. Oh, wow. I haven't heard that in years. And do you know what it is as well? I've, I grew up around that type of music so as a child. Yeah. My uncle, my dad. Uh, it's, and for me, it's one of them <laughs> songs that will never get old. It will never get old. It will always bang no matter where you play it. It will always bang. And it has has quite a sentimental value to me as well because when my uncle passed, he was a huge General Levy fan. He played at his funeral. That was his funeral song. Yeah, so it does have a huge sentimental value to me as well. So He was dancing and going to heaven. He weren't messing about. Yeah. He was not messing about (laughs) at all. He loved it. He wasn't messing about at all. What's your most embracing moment in your life that you've ever had? And it can be, it doesn't have to be boxing. It could be anything that resonates with you. Most embracing moment. I mean, I don't know if you'd call it. In, do you know what? And it only recently I had to embrace it because I definitely, on the 2nd of January this year, I was in a car crash on the M25. Ooh. I was hit up the back of my car by um, a HGV. Yeah. I was hit into the second lane, hit by another HGV. What? I hit the central reservation and then someone in a small van hit me from the central reservation all the way back over to the hard shoulder. What? And it was at that point I literally saw my life flash before my eyes and I feel like I am I embraced who I was as a person and I embraced and I, my life. Then it really made me think about my life and how quickly it could have all changed. Wow. Um, and I feel like that was a proper eye opener in it. I embraced the fact that I was still alive. I was, that I didn't have no injuries, no fatal injuries. Um, that I had to be cut out the car. They cut the roof off the car. I had to be carried out the car by like 10 firefighters. It was crazy. Like, but I feel like at that point, it's probably one of the most embracing moments of my life because I really embraced my life that day. You've been through some things, girl. Definitely. I feel like, and it has made me the person I am today. Yeah. Definitely. I feel like I'm a strong-minded individual and I know what I want to do in life. Nobody can't tell me no different. Yes. I've I've been through the motions. I've been through my journey. I'm still learning. I'm still on the journey. But the most important thing for me is that I have learned lessons along the way. Yeah. 
So that, yeah, I would probably say that's probably the one most embracing moment of my life. Although it's not a positive thing, for me, it, it was a real eye opener and I embraced that you actually have to cherish life and can't mm. take it for granted. Yeah. I always wake up and think of that. It helps. Definitely. Definitely. When you're, when you are feeling down, mm-hmm. what motivates you to get back up? Is there a person, a thing, uh, a reason, apart from when you, what you write on your wall before you go out, mm-hmm. what motivates you and to, when you're in that dark place to get out from where you are, because you know, something positive is waiting for you ahead. Um, probably my mum my mum honestly if my mum's my rock like she's she's amazing honestly she was a single parent for nearly the first 12 years of my life and then she met my stepdad so she raised three kids on her own for majority of our lives my mum if I can my motivation is my mum Eventually, the plan is I do want to move her out of South London. Yeah. Move her somewhere, let her retire, be happy, buy her a house. That, But my mum is my motivation. As long as my mum's proud of me, I don't care about anybody else being proud of me. See, that's the one. The one. Honestly. What would you do if you wasn't doing boxing? Hit <laughs> your face. <laughs> I don't even know. I actually don't know. You know? I can't even answer that because I don't know. I don't know. For me, it's like... Before I was just working normal nine to five, whatever. I always worked two jobs. I'm a bouncer on a Friday and Saturday evening, and then wow. I just had a normal nine to five during the day, Monday to yeah. Friday. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where. I don't know what. I, if I wasn't boxing, I honestly don't know. I, it's like when I found the boxing, that was all I ever saw. I didn't yeah. think about what I would have been doing or what I could have been doing. For me, it was I found boxing. Boxing is what I'm doing. Fair enough. That's fair enough. If I left you on a desert island by yourself, yeah, what one apart from your single "Incredible," yeah, yeah, what one album would you take to listen? Oh wow! (laughs) (laughs) I Um, wish I could see that. (laughs) uh, It'd probably have to be J Cole, Forest Hill, Forest Hill Drive. There are a lot of J Cole fans out there. Listen, he's just crazy. J. Cole's just crazy. I'm going to have to get and J. Cole on the podcast somehow. Oh, you're going to have has... to do Dreamville all yes. day, every day. And do you know what it is? I think about him. When he raps, he raps about real life scenarios. He doesn't beat around the bush about anything. He doesn't rap about all this gold and this money and this blah, blah, blah. He raps about life, life situations, things that he's been through. Even when he carries himself on stage, he's not just like everybody else. This man looks like he's just woke up. He looked like he just woke up. (laughs) He does. I remember going to see him at the O2 um, for the Forest Hill Drives tour. And he literally came out on stage with a stool, a baggy T-shirt, some baggy shorts, a microphone. And his hair was just looking all wild, but... And literally, that was it. And I was just so blown away by him. Because it's not about the appearance; it's about the talent. Definitely, it is about the talent. Mm. And that's what I, it's about. It's like the boxing. You don't got to have the flashiest shorts. You don't have got to have the best gloves. You don't got to have the best boots. As long as you've got hard work, 
determination and the basics to get you through. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. That is all you need. It's not about what gear you've got, the flashiest shorts, or it's not about any of that stuff. Hard yeah. work, hard work beats talent. Let me tell you that now. That's true. Hard work, in my eyes, beats talent all day. That's very true. I agree with that. How do you feel about society and fighting against racism? Because that seems to be a big subject at the moment. It's been going on for years, centuries. Listen, you know it's a problem when you have to Google what country you can go to without being racially abused. I have to Google what country I can go to without having an Afro, let alone what country I can go to. Do you know know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's a problem. It's a big problem. Um, I mean, I was at every single... uh, BLM protest in London yeah. mm-hmm. recently over the past days. Yeah. Um, I feel very, very strongly about it. I mean, and as well, and I feel that like as well, being a mixed race yeah. is a whole different aspect yeah. in itself. Because it's like, you have them people that, but you're not black or you're not black enough or, but your mum's white. So how, but you're, yeah, my mum's white and my dad is black. I'm mixed race. So I've seen it from both sides. I've been, in walking down the street with my mum yeah. when I was, remember walking down the street the high street with my mum when I was about seven years old and we was out shopping and everyone's looking at my mum as if to say why has she got brown kids do you know what I mean I've seen it that's I've just been ignorance. That's it just ignorance. ignorant it is ignorant it is ignorant I remember being a little kid and um, my brother was we was walking up the high street with my mum I think my brother must have bumped into somebody yeah. and the person turned around and said um where are you going, you little black C-U-N-T? Do you know what I mean? And it's just silly little things. It doesn't need to be. It's, it's, listen, it's a big issue. It is a very big issue. It's been suppressed for however many years. And I feel like people have are slowly starting to forget that we're still fighting it. Yeah, It's not being pushed enough. It's like it got pushed for two weeks. It needs to still be pushed. Yeah, Definitely, it needs to be pushed every single day. I mean, it still How do you still think happens. we can come together? How do you think we can come together regardless of race, religion? Because I'm half Indian and half black and that's that's something within itself. And Yeah. You know, because my mother wasn't meant... My mother's Indian, my father's black. My mother wasn't mm-hmm. meant to go out with a black man. So it, it that in itself, that is, in itself. Is, is something yeah. else too. So yeah. I understand where you're coming from when it comes to... I would never fit in fully on the Indian side because I'm too dark. Yeah, you know, on the black side, I feel like black people are a bit more accepting sometimes, not all the time, sometimes when it comes to color. But uh, some of them can still be ignorant. I'm happy to say this out loud because definitely, if I went back home to Barbados, if and I went and I'm this color, yeah, they'd have something to say about it. But that's, that's the problem. I'm not dark enough. I'm not dark enough. <laughs> To be Bayesian. You're not dark enough to be Bayesian. Yeah. Do you know, listen, I don't really bother who gets offended or whatever else, but it's it's a thing, you know, it's actually a thing. They don't really like light-skinned people out there. Why? I don't, um, listen. So I'm too black and you're too light, basically. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. That's it. Okay, right, okay, right. We're going to have to sort this out, everyone, because this is ridiculous. Literally. I think, do you know what it is? 
people need to stop letting the media manipulate them. Yes. The government. Mm-hmm. And whoever else is in their ear chatting rubbish, manipulate you. Because things you see is not they're only letting you see what you want to what they want us to see. Yeah, it's true. Not what is not the bigger picture. They don't want you to see the bigger picture because if you if your brain evolves and become smart, you'll yep. start retaliating against them and then you'll and become they don't want that. powerful. Yeah, they don't want that. They don't want that at all. For them, they want to have control over everybody. Um, I think a lot, to, a lot to do with it is about money as well. It's just about money and power. They do realise like that they don't actually take the money to the grave with them, yeah? Listen, it doesn't matter how big your house is, doesn't matter what car you got. You see, when you're done, everyone's going in that same brown box and going in the same dirt. That's even if your one is it. a different colour, even if your box is a different colour, the only it's thing that you can take that. with you in your grave is a check. <laughs> but I, I don't think you'll be able to cash that check. So What are you going to do? Spend it on the best cloud? <laughs> well, they do have cloud in it. <laughs> you can pay for the cloud. Do you know what I mean? I feel like people worry about these kinds of things too much. Um, yeah. And I'm really not about it. I'm honestly really not about it. This is why I was yeah. talking about having assets. And hope when I have assets, my children will have my assets. Yeah. So my, And then their children will have the assets. I'd rather have something like a house or something that I can pass down through the generations to know that there is some form of stability for my family. Yes. I agree with that one. It makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, a car's a car. Money is money. Money comes and goes. And I learned that, you know, when I quit my my nine to five, I learned that money wasn't everything because I was piss poor for the first 10 months Yeah. of chasing my dream. I was piss poor and I learned the value of money. Money is not important. Yeah. Money comes and goes. It sure is. So, what other passion? What other passion would you? Sorry, honey. What other passion would you attempt that you rarely tell anyone that you would attempt? It could be silly. It could be fun. Um, dancing. Hey. Okay. Dancing. What What do you dance to? Anything and everything. I'm like the. I'm honestly. I I like. Music is music. Music, you see, music's like it's just energy. Music is energy. Yeah. Different thing, different genres make you dance in different ways. That's true. Yeah. It's always standing in the mirror, <laughs> dancing to whatever's coming out of the TV. <laughs> Don't matter how silly I look. Literally, that's just what I do. Oh, I can imagine it as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit of a fool. I'm a bit of like. Um, Class clown, this is it. I, I'm yeah. the prankster and the joker of the family. Oh, so, it's, you need one in every family. It keeps the family going, definitely. especially definitely. in any time. In my mum, my mum, my mum is my biggest victim though. <laughs> she is honestly, she's my biggest victim when it comes to it. Um, so, oh, <laughs> I've only got two more for you, hand before yeah. we go. Okay, so my second to last one is we did speak about it previously a little bit when it comes to being demotivated when it comes to being having support when it comes to money which we've spoken about when it comes to doing your dream having a nine to five so I'm going to collaborate them all together and say this 
when you were going, what would you say to people who want to become inspiring, who want to become positive, who want, who feel like they need to be accepted? What would you say to them and, and have a dream, especially within boxing? What would you say to them to keep them motivated and to tell them to keep going because you will get there? What I would say, honestly, is it's not about anybody else but yourself. Mm -hmm. You do you and make yourself happy. And if that means hurting people or upsetting people along the way, then that's unfortunately that's things that have got to be done. Never give up on any dream, no matter how big or small it is. Like I, like I said, ambition is priceless. Once you've got that that tiny piece and you've got that in your mind, anything is possible. You've just got to keep pushing, good days and bad days. Yeah. There's always a better version of you. That is true. Just look in the mirror and you'll see it, yeah. Definitely. It is. It will take time, but there is always a better version of you. There's always room for growth. You got me thinking now, yeah. <laughs> Finally, where can we find you in all your social medias? Uh, you can find me on all my socials. Uh, so my Instagram is Hulky underscore 100. That's my nickname, Hulky. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Zoe the Hulk Smith. Um, and you can find me on LinkedIn at Zoe Hunt Smith. Perfect. So all my socials. Perfect. Zoe, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Ask People podcast. Thank you for having me. I've really, really enjoyed it. <laughs> But it's, it's Zoe's first podcast as well, so my I'm well proud right now. On the Us podcast, so I love it. <laughs> Guys, I want to thank you so much for listening to the Us People podcast. And please remember you can subscribe to Spotify, iTunes, Google Play and any other platform that you prefer listening to. Please also follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. You can also donate to the Us People podcast by simply going onto the Savvy Rocks website or typing in paypal.me forward slash Us People podcast. Thank you for listening. Stay happy, stay positive and as always, please continue to be kind to one another. Listen, you've given me your time. You've helped me. Um, like I said, exposure is important in the boxing world. So, and you've helped me. So all I can do is say thank you and be appreciative of it.